you're listening to the Boo Boys Podcast. All right. Well, welcome back. Today we have a super special extended episode. (laughs) (laughs) We've got quite the party here today, so let's go around in a circle and we'll introduce all of our newbies and then we'll get on with our usual. Hi, I'm Zach. I'm Ivy. I'm Kelly. And I'm Hunter. I'm Dalton. And I'm Michaela. We also have Basio and Yoda here, and basically everybody's crammed into one small room, and we're all going to try to get through it as decently as possible. I was going to say alive, but... <laughs> it's going to be messy. Yeah. I can't no matter promise what. Yeah. anything. So, the three topics that we're going to be covering today are going to be the Hookman murders, Tex Arcana, and Prophecy. Not sure if any of you guys are familiar with any of those. I'm aware of the hook ham writers because you talked about it before this a little bit, but what? also the fact that it's like it's that traditional, you know, <laughs> no, Sally, I can't get out the car. There's the hook handed man on the loose. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much hitting the nail on the head there. Yeah. That's about all I know. That's all I know about that know? one. And then uh, we just recently like had kind of gone into the whole what is it tex tex arcana yeah that shit's it's not texas and mouth. arkansas that's one of those places that i'm never gonna actually try and pronounce because i know I'm gonna... <laughs> so we're gonna start with the hook man uh does anybody actually have any common knowledge of the hook man or any kind of information i hear he's a man with a hook you're basically <laughs> there i feel like I feel like the only thing I've heard about this is that, like, it was, what, in, like, Ankeny, Iowa, or something that starts with an A in Iowa, and he's supposed to be, like, an escaped prisoner with a hook hand from somewhere? Or am I totally wrong? Uh, you're closer to Cropsy than you are to Hook Man. Okay. Cropsy. What the hell is Cropsy? You're gonna find out today. Well, that's the one that I In the 1950s, there was essentially this urban legend that would go around. And this urban legend is actually something that was, it doesn't really have a complete origin. There's no actual, like, Hook Man killer to start the story. It's not real. It never was. And what we hear is actually a way that in the 50s, parents and teachers would kind of try to convince teenagers not to have sex because there's a man out there that could potentially come up and kill you kind of a thing. Mm. And if that sounds crazy, it's because it is. (laughs) And there have been movies and TV shows, even just little mini, I don't want to say docuseries, that's not correct, not documentaries. What are they they called? What do they show in schools? Dramatizations. Um, That's probably closer to the word I'm looking for. (laughs) <laughs> or propaganda. Yes, propaganda. Where they would show, like, Sally and Billy are sitting in the car, and it's a late night. They're, they're on parked, Lover's Lane. They're parked on Make-Out Point. <laughs> or Lover's Lane. <laughs> Billy's starting to slide his hand up Sally's leg, and Sally's leaning in for a kiss. But just then, all of a sudden, there's a creak in the back of the door. Billy is confused, and he decides to get out of the car as Sally calls out after him. Billy gets out of the car, and he finds a giant hook that's stuck in the side of his car, and as he takes it out, the hook man strikes, and that's why you shouldn't have sex, kids. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like such a stretch to like reach conclusions to. If you have sex, you will get caught by the hook man mm-hmm. and die. It just makes you think of like Mean Girls, where it's like, right. if you have sex, you're gonna get pregnant and die. Yeah. 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 You're gonna get crabs and die. So there were two different versions of this story. There was the version. 
virgin. The virgin. They're always the virgin. <laughs> the guy and the girl would be in the car. The girl would change her mind. The guy would get upset because, of course, blue balls. The girl would be like, you know what, let's just go home. And before they can finish their conversation, they hear the screeching of the hook. Uh, they either look out the window or they get out of the car to see what's going on. And then, boom, the hook man strikes. Or... You get the boy and the girl are actually in the middle of doing it, and the hookman actually physically assaults them, breaking the window and or killing them. Just depending on who's telling the story and what their whole point is to get across, a lot of the time they would try to get people not to park in trespassing areas by using these types of stories, by saying, like, there's somebody crazy in that area. Don't be in the woods. Don't be at the edge of the fucking cliff. Don't be in all these, like, empty lots. Don't be where you shouldn't fucking be just because you're trying to get your dick wet. Don't drive to the end of the gravel road. I'm curious, though, if these stories was what propagated the idea of if you have sex in a horror film, you die. It's always the virgin who survives in the old horror film. I mean, I imagine at some point it just had to have become that popular of a beat in a film. Maybe. I don't know. I'm curious if this is what propagated that. Like, what this is what, like, kind of sparked that whole... It's not. Oh. <laughs> is your research this? Do you know? Just shut it down. No, it's because that's been a stigma even before the 50s. Oh. In, like, the old old school horror films, it was always like, I don't want to die, virgin! And then whatever monster was, like, sexy at the time, like Dracula, would decide to bang him and then kill him. Oh, uh, well. Most horror films, you don't bang the monster, but yeah. I mean. so it's, you haven't seen enough horror films. <laughs> the history pretty. of Dalton, as we've always discussed, is something to be admired and despised. <laughs> Only so, Freddy Krueger was, you know, vague in his dreams. Uh, hello, you, like, you tongue like three inches down somebody's throat at one point. Have you not seen the movie where he's literally in the bathtub with her and he sticks his hand like right up? Yeah, but he's not like, and, like, like balls deep like, in there. He's like <laughs> caressing the thighs and like going all around. You think that guy's not trying to get it in on other people? That's, he, he has that phone scene, right? Where his tongue like sticks to the thing and he like licks yeah. her and it's like... Yeah. I'm I mean, there's underlying sexual way way right now. It was really... <laughs> like Johnny Depp in that crop top I'm just taking like he wasn't trying to bang but like Johnny Depp in that crop top just oh, in general so beautiful <laughs> Ivy thoughts <laughs> can you all just take a minute for Johnny Depp in that crop top because that was the era <laughs> <laughs> alright so we'll go on and I'll tell you guys about Cropsy Cropsy's a little bit longer of a, a story than the Hookman unfortunately the Hookman not being an actual thing kind of cuts his information short but there's a lot more on Cropsy that's kind of sad kind of you know as general things go sucky yeah mm-hmm. we set our scene in Staten Island uh not Iowa but pretty close I'd say closer than Arizona mm-hmm. closer than Arizona <laughs> <laughs> you're right I guess she's like all I can say is you're not wrong <laughs> geographically you're correct <laughs> So there was a school that opened up in the 1930s. It was called Willowbrook. It was a state school for children and adults with mental disabilities. Um, Essentially, this is a place that people who couldn't really handle the needs for their mentally disabled children or family members could, for lack of a better word, drop off their people as needed. And this would be a school that would help kids learn and potentially try to get them to no longer be as disabled as they were. Because that's um, a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the 1930s. Like, what do you really? Yeah. Well, we'll make these kids functional. 
mean, they probably <laughs> meant well when they first started I mean, out. I mean, I mean, this is like back in the time when, like, you know, pumping bolts of electricity into somebody was supposed to be changing their personality. Right. Like, we're going to zap personality so into you. we'll just scramble your friends a little bit of time. So, due to overcrowding, sometimes more than 6,000 people at a time, um, people were only given about 80 square feet per person. So, they, they didn't even have room to, like, have their own stuff. They would just stuff 20 to 30 people in one exact room and kind of leave them there to do whatever they needed to. They were neglected and mistreated all the time. There was a lot of sexual abuse and inhumane medical experiments done on these people that essentially didn't have the ability to know whether or not that was something that should be happening to them because they didn't have the mental capability to be like, this isn't okay. And maybe even not even the ability to convey to their family members when visiting or talking that that was happening. The the school ended up closing in 1987, so really went on for 50-some-odd years with nobody being like, you know what? This might the most be a like, reference I can think of something like that would be like American Horror Story Asylum. Like, if, if that's you want, actually, like, a modern, like, super modern That's what this reference. is based off of. Okay, yeah. So oh. if you, like, want a super modern reference. So in the 1970s, uh, before, obviously, the school shut down, there were a few... Um, uh, children that went missing. They're mostly girls, but one of them was a boy. And there was one man that specifically was kind of the center of the possible possible suspect. Um, his name was Andre Rand, and he actually used to work for the school before it closed. And some believe that because he used to work for the school is kind of why he did the things he did, is because he did it for so long he didn't realize necessarily that it was not okay to do these kinds of things. Not to say that he has any kind of a right to do any of these things. That's just their thinking is like he himself became mentally disturbed by working with the mentally disturbed. He kind of drove himself crazy is what they say. Sure. It became so okay that it just or yeah, in his head it was okay. Where... Right. For 50 hmm. years he was you know, doing this thing and nobody was telling him he wasn't supposed to be doing that thing so when he wasn't allowed to do the thing anymore he went out and did the thing in other places. Hmm. Thanks. Okay. Mm. Thanks. <laughs> what a tangled web we made. <laughs> I'm also going to point out here I'm going to cut that little part there. Um, he also had a hook for a hand. <laughs> of course he did. Key detail. Key <laughs> detail. ties him into this whole thing. Um he actually ended up losing his hand. I'm not sure if it, some say that it was a cleaning accident within the actual school and some say, so there are like settlers below the actual school itself. Um, and they say that he may have fallen down and like crushed his wrist. And then the only way to fix it was to give him a hook for a hand. The only way. The only way. I mean, in the 19th, whenever it happened. They said, oh, way. fuck, cut it off. Basically. <laughs> we don't want to get gangrenous here. We're going to need a pancake if only it was a few years in the future, son. So in 1972, there's a five-year-old girl who vanished while playing with her little brother. Essentially, there was a manhunt put out for the girl, and they never found her. A second child who was seven years old went missing, and the last person to be seen with him was Bran in 1981. And so he was heavily questioned and even put into jail as the main suspect of the person who took this child and potentially even took the other child. Spent two years in prison, and when he was released, another boy went missing. Nobody really, I guess, batted an eye at the fact, because they were like, well, he just got out of prison. Why would he do that again? Right, the whole point of prison is to reform individuals. So a 22-year-old woman with a low IQ who's mentally 
supposed to be known for having a low IQ. I couldn't find any determination on what it meant for her to have a low IQ. Like, is she just a little slow? Or, like, developmentally disabled. Right. But there were, like, specific things with, like, there's another girl that ends up going missing who she had Down syndrome. So they were specified enough for that, but they weren't specified enough for the low IQ kind of a thing. Like, are they just saying that Daisy was a bottle blonde? Or... (laughs) 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 What is... What is the, the so? Ritual? There's no real quantifying right. metric that they have. Like, did she place. just drop out of school at fifth grade, or was she like? A, Which, you know, a lot like of people learning did. Disability. Is she dyslexic, or what's going on here? So, a twenty-two-year-old is the A twenty-two-year-old woman goes missing, and the last place that she was seen is actually having dinner with him in 1984. So three years later, the final child goes missing. In 1987, a 12-year-old girl with Down syndrome went for a walk and never returned. While searching for her, they actually uncovered her like foot sticking out of a shallow grave in the earth near the school. And uh, due to some personal evidence, they were able to conclude that he was the person who had put her there. Hmm. Uh-huh. And they, like, <laughs> DNA personal. I'm assuming that after that, they kind of, like, maybe put two and two together for some of these other ones? Or is this all just kind of, like... And we think this happened to those kids. Yeah. So when what? when she was found, he was put into prison. Then what ended up happening was he goes into prison, and then in 2003, a year before he's actually going to be let out on parole, he ends up getting another 25-year sentence because they end up linking one of the other missing children to him as well. But the other three have not been found to this day. Is that like double jeopardy, a double indemnity kind of thing? Different kids. They're different. It's a different case. You can't be brought. You can't have the same charge brought. So like it couldn't be for the same kid. Oh, different kid. Yeah. You were right the first time. Double jeopardy. Double, okay, I didn't know that was like, I didn't think I was thinking of a TV so, show for a second. I was like, that sounds like just, <laughs> just to clarify here, what, when was this exactly? Like the time frame? Uh, 1970 to 1987. Okay. okay. And was like the personal data, was like the personal thing that incriminated him actually DNA evidence? Yes. Okay. So was this guy and the last guy kind of the model for the whole horror hook hand thing in movies? No. Oh. It was just kind of. I'm thinking of like, the horror hook hand thing in the movies is an urban legend that yeah. we talked about in the beginning of the show. It's more of a modern myth kind of deal, like a well, like a cautionary tale. To get into the myth, there's actually a myth behind this guy. Um, in the actual town, Staten Island, there still is the school standing, and you can <laughs> go there and do whatever people do in those kinds of places. It's not open; it doesn't do anything, so it's just like graffitied up. But the whole city basically traumatizes their children from a young age to convince them like not to stay out too late not to do things bad not to do this or that otherwise crops you'll get you and the whole thing is that um he's supposed to be an escaped mental patient from the asylum that lives in the towns below and he comes out at night to steal children that don't listen to their parents yeah so you 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 know kind of take something super awful and Traumatize your children with it and make it extra. Yeah. I mean, if you learn anything from the Germans, it's to scare them, scare our children and not do what they want to do. <laughs> Listen, it's all it's a whole lot better than sitting your kids down and having a conversation with them eight hundred million times and have them listen to you. <laughs> yeah. Like, you yeah. go out, you die. Simple as that. You go out, you die. 
Yeah. You see, sometimes bad things happen, but not all the time. In fact, very rarely. But really, you shouldn't do that. Because it only has to happen one time, you know? And that you doesn't sit well with kids. And then you do. Yeah. So do you guys think that there is a difference between telling your kids negative myths versus, like, good myths? I think they're just different um, contexts. Like, it's not fair to really compare the two. They're for different things. Like, I mean, what's the difference between telling a kid, like, if you're not good, Santa's not going to give you your presents, and if you're not good, then Proxy's going to kidnap you? I mean, it's also a negative tale, either way. Like, both of them. a little more harsh. Yeah, like, they both basically impact the same message. Like, do good things to not have bad things happen to you. Yeah. But I mean, you also have that German fairy tale where it's like that, like, like the boy who sucks his thumb, like he sucks his thumb and his mom tells him to stop, and so she cuts off his thumbs. Right. Like, that's oh, a little fucked up. That's, that's, that's you know, not the best way to deliver a message, <laughs> but you know, it is a way. Yeah. <laughs> the Santa one, the positive one is Santa, and then it's bad, but then there's Krampus, which is just the exact opposite. You got the good one. Not, everybody, yeah. not everybody talks about Krampus, though. Right. And like, yeah. you're, and like, Dalton's specific example was that, you know, Santa himself just doesn't give you presents if you're bad. Yeah, so it's still a negative message. You don't get anything good if you do bad things. Right. Yeah. Whereas, you know, the other counterflip side to that is if you do good things, good things happen to you. Um, I mean, it's definitely beneficial for those kids who, if you have a kid that's just a complete little shit and, like, just won't listen to anything, it's, like, scaring them might be the only way to do it, but it's just, like, like it's parenting's hard. Like I would want to be a parent, but like yeah. By the way, guys, in case you didn't know, he's like raising my children has been a struggle. <laughs> my non-existent children, the children oh. that will never exist <laughs> for good reasons. So about Cropsy. Yeah, so Cropsy uh, would try to steal children at night. Um, and so basically, the whole moral of the story is: be good, listen to your parents, don't go out too late, or at all. Go home when you're supposed to be home. And that's it. It's kind of like what they did, though, in the movie where it was like, the sheriff was like, go straight home. And then she like, yeah. And then they died. Yep. Zach, you weren't here for this, but we watched the Texarkana movie, The Town of Dreaded Sundown, the 2014 edition, not the 1977 edition. Um, yes. So the title did sound familiar when you mentioned it to me, but I don't think I actually saw the film. I Maybe don't remember that? whether or not you and I watched it previously. I watched it before. Um, it's about the Texarkana murders. I'm <laughs> shocking, <nah. laughs> The guy wears like a pillowcase on his head. Oh, you yeah, have. Yeah, we saw that. I need to rewatch it to get the finer points down, but yeah. He just like kind of walks around the town and murders. He murders. Like, he murders a lot of different people in a lot of ways. Yes. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really, very, doesn't really have an MO. So for an entire year, he basically traumatized this small town. Uh, the town was actually once known for being like incredibly safe, and everybody basically left their doors unlocked. Everybody was friends with everybody. There was never any issues. And then in February of 1946, a guy named Jimmy Hollis, who was 25, and a girl named Mary Laurie, who was 19, they parked on a secluded road that was otherwise known as the Lover's Lane. As the two were essentially attempting to hook up, a masked figure walked up and knocked on the window. The masked figure then told Jimmy to get out of the car and remove his pants. As he did so, uh, the masked man actually hit Jimmy in the head so hard with the back of his gun that Mary actually thought he had been shot. Really, it was, um, he fractured his skull and was knocked unconscious. Wow. So the masked man then told Mary to get out of the car 
and told her to run. And after she started running, he ended up, he took a different road than she took and ended up meeting her and then was like, why are you running? And she was like, you told me to run. And he was like, you're a liar. And he sexually assaulted her and then told her to run again. And so then she had to try running again. Wow. Wow, that's fine. I'm thinking I'm seeing a pattern here with this guy. (laughs) So as she was running the second time, she was making a lot of noise. and uh, Eventually, she was able to wake up some of the townsfolk who came out and ended up calling the police. And from that point, the man ran away and got away. Basically, as she was running from the man, Jimmy came back into consciousness and was able to get away from the car and meet up with her later. And they both were able to give a report over what this man looked like, like how tall he was and everything like that. But it kind of makes me think of like this. Didn't the Zodiac Killer do something kind of similar to that where he would kind of... He shot couples in cars. Yeah. yeah. Like he would sneak up on the whole like Robert Wayne situation. That was kind of I think this is definitely like a real person though. Usually you morally focus on like the supernatural and everything. So it's interesting to hear you talk about... Uh... We've done a few real things. Oh, you have done a few real things. I'm morally mm-hmm. focused special. But uh, yeah, I remember, I think if this is the... If I remember the movie correctly... The Texarkana murders, it was an urban legend for a while. It was not? Okay, then I'm thinking they of the movie. I thought it was real. an urban legend for a while, but then someone came out and mimicked it, and then it came and then it No, it, it happened in the 40s. In the movie, real murders. In the movie we watched mm-hmm. just now, you're thinking that because in the movie from 2014, they watched the movie from 1977, and then redo it. Oh, okay, that's what I'm thinking. I thought, yeah, okay. I thought it was originally started as like an urban town legend, and then someone like took no. that legend and just made it. The real. movie from 1977 is based off real events. The movie in 2014 is based off of someone pretending to do things based off the 1977 movie. That's just too meta. <laughs> <laughs> That's something people were really scared of around the end. There was like, didn't the Zodiac? I know, I know. It's really random to bring up the Zodiac Killer again for this, but uh, like it was close. He had left a note that said, like, I was going to return on this date. And I remember that date coming around because it was only a few years ago. Everybody was so scared something like that was going to happen. Where, like, somebody was just going to be like, fuck it, I'll do it. Like, I'll I'll be the person that's going to do it today. And I don't think anything ended up happening. But I remember, like, a lot of people being like, holy fuck, what's going to happen? And then nothing happened. I don't want to say it would have been interesting, but it would have been damn interesting. <laughs> yeah, like, you don't want to be like, I wish somebody had gotten hurt. But, like, if, if it had happened, it would have been such a big thing because it's something people were a like talking about b fucking terrified about and c it was a it was a genuine possibility it just not to sound disappointed but it just like didn't happen right i mean i do think it's interesting that uh everything you brought up um basically just kind of comes full circle right like that hoax killer is just an urban myth right like that just informs like you know a negative tale meant to scare kids straight basically and then you have real examples of, you know, people actually acting out stuff like that. Not necessarily with Cropsy, but like more so with like the Texarkana killer. So the way I kind of did this was I did 100% myth, half a myth, no myth. Yeah. So that's how this episode is kind of going. Um, because Cropsy obviously is not out there stealing kids now. But it was a thing that did happen in the past where the hook hand killers never happened. And the Texarkana isn't a myth. It is something that has happened. Right. And the only if, the only knowledge I have about the Texarkana killers is that movie that we right. just watched. And like from that, what I just want to ask: Was the killer actually ever actually caught? Or? So I do have more okay. about the murders. Okay. So in March of 1946, 
Richard Griffin, 29, and Polly Moore, 17. Again, a lot of weird older men, young girls. Yeah. Were found dead outside Richard's car. In April of 1946, Betty Booker, who was 15, and Paul Martin, who was 16, were going to a jazz show. And that was actually the last time that they were seen alive. They both were getting ready to go play. Paul's body was found around a park, and Betty's body was found two miles away from his. Then, in May 1946, Virgil Starks, 37, was sitting in his living room while his wife Katie, who was 36, was in the bedroom next door. When she thought he had actually dropped some glass, she walked out of the room and found that he had been shot twice in the head from outside. So essentially, a bullet rang through the window of their living room and shot him in the head. And she thought he had, like, dropped the plate or something. Right, because all she heard was glass break. As she tried to call the police, two gunshots rang through the same window, and they actually hit her once in the cheek, exiting out by her ear, and then she got hit again by her jaw, and it shattered the teeth that were actually, like, right in the bottom of her jaw. Oh, my She was God. able to run outside as the shooter started to enter her home. She went across the street and found that nobody was there, and so she ran another 50 yards down before she found a neighbor that was actually home and able to actually call the police. Oof. Wow. That must have been horrifying. Yeah. Right? So, for... The, the first two in February, there were no suspects because it was just the two of them. For the two in March, there was actually over 200 people were questioned and possibly brought in a suspect on whether or not they could have been the person that attempted to murder them or who did murder them, who murdered them. Confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining, like, you know, the dental procedure she had to go through all that because, like, Shit, ain't, shit is expensive. Not only that, but like back then too. Like oh, how expensive could it have been? Yeah. More what I was thinking was imagine getting shot and you're running out of your house and you're like, I'm gonna get fucking help. And the first place you go to, they're not home. And so you have to run even further. Like that must have been Oh, that must have been terrifying. Horrible. They said that there were broken shards of teeth and blood following her from behind. Like yeah, like no. she's just like fucking dripping oh yeah. teeth and blood. Oh, like can't sleep. Can you imagine being terrible. that neighbor that did open their door and you've got like this fucking horror movie lady standing there? Like, can you imagine being that neighbor that just goes, yeah, <laughs> yeah? I've seen enough horror movies to see how good shit ends. The lights are already off. Just pretend <laughs> we're not home. Honey. So about Katie, some believe that that their like attack actually isn't even related. Um. Because Virgil Starks had a small tie to the mob oh. and potentially may or may not have been sold out by his wife for a some odd amount of money, but was kind of betrayed, backstabbed. She was backstabbed by the mobster who she originally hired to kill her husband, who attempted to basically keep the money for turning in her husband and kill her instead, but missed. And then she ended up living and not getting the money. And... So she supposedly kept it a secret, but then there was like a few years went by and it was said that she was planning on meeting with a private investigator to give him some information. And then she mysteriously died. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, she just didn't wake up. Mm. Oh. Damn. That terrible to see toes. I think a lot of those mysterious deaths can be chalked up to like mob murders because the mob has gotten really good apparently with just like making shit look like accidents. Oh, yeah. Master you know, when you master crimes when you know corporate level, you know, like you kind of have that shit on lockdown. Oh yeah, like, the organized crime. You know, secret yeah. murders or you know just a Tuesday. Right. Just, just a Tuesday. Talk to Deborah in HR. She'll take care of it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, goddamn, it's so crazy. So, like, did they ever figure out? Uh, 
cause of death for her? Or was it just, like, it wasn't like she was poisoned or anything? She mysteriously died. She just mysteriously died. That's literally what's on her record because some believe that the mob may or may not have been also working in the police department or had ties in the police department who weren't asking very many questions. I was actually that's really like sketchy. Like an autopsy, even back then, I guarantee they would find out what did it, but they're not going to say it. Yeah, I would love to see the police report on that though. I don't know. I feel like there has to be more to that story. It's like how she died. Like there well, has to be someone that. When, yeah, there is. Say, when it comes, I know. Yeah, I'm sure there is, but it's not on the record. When yeah. it comes, when it comes to murder, generally there's always way more that happened. But you know, best to leave some things alone. Like, let me just slip this ten thousand towards you, and you're gonna keep it at she mysteriously died. Sometimes yeah. it's not even that. It's just you have ties to like a certain place. Like you're not you're not gonna sell them out, or if they have enough shit on you, like there's no way you're gonna sell them out. Mm-hmm. I like the difference though mm-hmm. between like the mob and the, like mysterious death and like the unknown, or like the cartel where it's like we shove a tube up your ass and then some barbed wire. Everyone knows it's us. Like it's like the difference. <laughs> it's like a calling card. <laughs> we're trying not to be seen. We're trying to be worldwide known. I like Persona's version of the calling card. I'm just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> like that's much more agreeable to my palate. <laughs> Then a barbed wire and a tube. I am not sorry. So they never were able to find out, find the person who committed the original Texarkana murders, whether or not the last couple was actually a part of it. They questioned a lot of people, and they brought a lot of people in as suspects, and they kind of kept their eyes on a couple of different people, but at no point was anybody ever convicted of actually murdering these people. But it stopped, right? Like, shortly after that? Or? Yeah. It never happened again after 1946. Mm-hmm. But for four straight months, just utter chaos. I feel like in the 1940s, the law department wasn't really, you know, on top of things as it was like it is today. Because in those times, I feel like it was still a time where you could rob a bank, and as long as you weren't still in the immediate vicinity, you basically got away with it. And I feel like the kind of same applies to, like, murder. Well, this well, is more of a small town kind of thing, because it's Texarkana. It's literally the town that's, like, in between Texas and Arkansas. And, like, the police, both of the police on both sides were unable to come up with any kind of leads or information. I mean, he also could have just been, like, a drifter who came into town, just like, I feel like doing some they murdering. They known that, though, because it's a small town. It's not like he came to New York. Like, it was, like... A they would have known there was a drifter in Yeah, that, mm. and once a drifter came in town, suddenly people were dying. It, it would have been a pretty It's like that away. super tiny like, town where everybody knows everybody's business. Yeah. Mm, true, yeah. Which is why it caused so much chaos. It's like Dalton said it's earlier. Like, how could one of us be doing this? Yeah, like Dalton mm. said earlier, it was like the town to be like, oh, we're safe here. Hi, neighbor. Eat the shit that I made for you. Well, but then all the of a sudden, they're dying. The movie, like the, the granny was like, it used to be a time when we left our doors unlocked and you would say hi to your neighbors or any new people that came into town. And then after the murders, you would cross the street when a different stranger walked by you. Yeah. Someone had to know, so, know someone like weird, like old man Jenkins, like keeping like, you know, bodily fluids or something in his basement or whatever. Like someone had to be doing something weird. It's to be not like, always I mean, it's like a, a weird person though. Like, wasn't it Dollar that well, nobody... Well, it's also a thing of, like, this is Texas and Arkansas, both places that are totally cool with guns. So anybody and everybody could have a gun at that point in time. And that's mainly how he was killing people. So literally anybody could have been it. Also, this is just a known thing with anything to do with crime or just anything in society, really. Like, people mainly want to mind their own business. 
like it's the bystander effect for a large portion of it. Like yeah. people will literally watch somebody be stabbed 19 times in the middle of the street and not call the police. That's true. Yeah. And even back, especially back then too. No, that's definitely true. I mean, I can definitely re- kind of relate to that, especially when like, I don't know if y'all remember back in like early 2000s when that like video went viral that like soldier was taken like hand, like hostage by the Al Qaeda and like they chopped off his head, like on public internet and everything well, there's a few of those there's also like journalists and stuff too that yeah but you know what i mean like this kind of fits what you're saying with like people just watch like it's just it's also a mindset of like someone else has it under control right like someone nobody else. wants to take ownership of someone it. else will take care of it yeah yeah right? like I think no one wants to be in the situation either. Like, oh, if I call yeah. the police right Absolutely. now, like that dude might come over and try and stab me. So fuck it, I'm gonna I'm gonna get out of here and be safe for me. I mean, think about it. Do you really want to be involved with a murder trial at all? Do you want to be that witness? Do you? Like I just think I have time my schedule for that. You know, exactly. Uh, <laughs> the trial really just throws a wrench in every plan you have. I got like projects going. Especially if it is a murder trial, like a huge murderer that might have ties to other people. You're just like. I could be on this murder case, and I could be murdered because of what I know. Or I can go home, eat some ramen, and chill, and maybe watch a new episode of Friends. There you go. And also, <laughs> real talk, anyone who ever wants to talk to police should honestly have a lawyer present. And you yep. probably don't have the money for that. Uh, yeah. Innocent or not, you probably should, yeah. Definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. All right. Any other strong feelings about law <laughs> Listen, you brought it from, like, myth. To like real shit, so like yeah, know. that was the plan. I think you did a damn good job. Yeah, it was a damn good episode. None of these actually had anybody kind of, I guess, avenged sort of a thing. I don't know. I I mean, we got the one guy in prison, but other than that, like the main killers never were found, and one of them didn't even exist. And who knows? Maybe they'll have an anniversary. Maybe the Texarkana murder will come back. We don't. That was like eighty years ago. Yeah, we don't know. Copycat killers are the thing. That's true. That's what I brought up with Zodiac. <laughs> Watch the Zodiac Killer is going to listen to those things and I did not fucking mimic anyone. I have my own identity. I think the Zodiac Killer would be dead by now, though. Would it be? Nah, was in, like, the 60s? 70s? At this point, he'd be too old to be able to do anything, though. That, but that's what I was saying, is he brought up copycat killers, and that yeah. was my point. Was that it, they all thought that a copycat killer would come out, like, a few years ago, and his notes said he was going to come back. What if the Zodiac Killer is alive and that note came and he was just like, God, fuck. He's like, so I don't fuck so you like it. I'm so old and tired. Ugh. He's like, it's been so fucking long. Nobody's going to care. It's whatever. Honestly, Mantle's just Why didn't you be interesting. Nobody's going to pay any attention. You don't look into it? Yeah. Because he, he interests me. Just the whole puzzle thing around him is Do you hear about the couple that supposedly cracked his code? There's a few people that supposedly cracked his code. Right. We'll talk about it. <laughs> well, that's all I've got for you guys. We had a very large and in charge group today. <laughs> Hopefully we can do something like this again, but I don't know. I guess we'll have to listen to like how it sounds before. I'm sure it'll be fine. We'll just have to get a topic that everybody kind of has common knowledge on. So that way everybody chimes in a little bit more. Yeah. So yeah, I could. <laughs> I seem to be a favorite here. I'm Zach. I'm Ivy. I'm Kelly with Doggo. I'm Hunter. I'm Dalton. And I'm Michaela. And we're the Blue Boys. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Hit us up. Bye. See ya. I'm <laughs> <laughs>